Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Right, lads. Liverpool B team have went and uh, won the cup. <laughs> Liverpool C team. Uh, I've heard on Twitter. I'm just going to list out the players that weren't playing for Liverpool, just <sighs> to make you feel a bit better. Allison, Salah, Trent, Jones, Sobazai, Nunes, Thiago, Jota, Matip. Um, basically, a lot of their first team players still whoopies. It was nil nil until the 118th minute. So yeah. whoop whooped is a is a bit of a well, they won the cup. <laughs> 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 it is, people keep saying that like we got absolutely destroyed in the game it, it didn't really feel like that I thought you were going to in the 90 like towards the end of the 90 I thought you were going to win it yeah at that point and, and then the weird thing was it got to extra time Klopp made the substitutions mm. and, and suddenly you, you lot just seemed to fucking give up and, and after the game Pochettino said he felt that the players on the pitch wanted penalties more than they wanted to try and win it in extra time mm. Mm. that's mad did you see Klopp at, at the half time of extra time they're coming off the pitch and he's giving them all and he's Ging them up and I'm like you fucking never give up you do no, no, and no, I've no. got to give him credit like because he's just such a bastard of a winner yeah yeah he, yeah. he, he doesn't see the game the way other people do yeah he's got elite mentality like, yeah. when you're looking at Klopp and you're just thinking like oh could we have any other a manager like Jurgen Klopp is just so good and actually that in that game it showed his quality when you when you're like geeing up yeah. basically academy products against sort of you know meant to be world-class Chelsea talent uh-huh. it just shows how good he is and look we're going to do a lot of sagging off of Chelsea and we're going to talk about the the inconsistencies of our squad before we get into that fair play Liverpool C team beat us because he because he couldn't have been serious. as they were coming off the pitch Chelsea were like having some moments in that game and he couldn't inside have been feeling great but outside he was projecting complete and utter faith and confidence in mm. these ki- kids I know you guys actually as I'm statistically you had the youngest side out right yeah, yeah. well look, let's not talk about that because yeah. the narrative is that you know a team of young kids beat us but you know at the start of the game the we had the youngest team the narrative always the most important thing <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. much more important than actual yeah, statistics and, and the, or, or truth, truth is, <laughs> no, and, no and the coverage wasn't biased at all yeah. like, we won't talk about the media <clears> how did you find the coverage Joy <laughs> alright <laughs> <laughs> Mate, Gary Neville and like the, the the sort of sentiment that was going around it. Listen, everyone knows that the media are glazing over Jurgen Klopp at the moment. It's the it's the farewell Klopp show, and everything's gonna ultimately revolve around that. But at the same time, to call Chelsea bottle job was it? He called he called it million, millionaire blue bottle jobs. Billionaire blue bottle jobs. Right. Well, we didn't have a billion pounds worth of players on the pitch at the start of the match or the finish of the match anyway. To call us bottle jobs, right? Straight away bottle jobs in a match that every single bookmaker had Liverpool as a favourite in so there's the first thing how does that make us bottle jobs when every single bookie had us as a favourite when we played Spurs yeah when we played Spurs this season they had two men sent off if we then go on to fail and win that game that's bottling sank that's bottling mm-hmm. something, okay? You can say what you want about the the injuries that Liverpool had. Chelsea also had injuries. No one's going to feel sorry for us because we've spent a lot of money. But there are players in there that Chelsea would have liked to feel that we were without. You know, our captain we were without. There was a lot of guys on the bench, uh, that, sorry, that couldn't make the bench, that maybe would have been in our starting lineup. But we take that to one side. I don't think in a match that the bookmakers had us as an underdog in, I don't think as a match that we never had, a, had a, even a goal lead, let alone a two-goal lead or something like that, 
that, um, an advantage when it came to the amount of men on the field or anything like that. How can you say that we've bottled that match? There was also a statement from him about, you know, money can't buy everything, a sort of thing, like that sort of uh, comment. And the ironic thing is, is Van Dijk was signed for £75 million. Mm. So it wasn't like Liverpool didn't have quality footballers on the pitch. Mm. Yeah, they, they did have like some of their, their second string players. Fair play to them. They fucking did well. Mm. What did you feel about the Chelsea players? Because I'm half editing a video, half eye on, and, and I'm talking to some of my Newcastle mates as well. And they're saying like, they really didn't rate Caicedo and Enzo in that game. Mm. In terms of, this is a game where it really is an opportunity for them to stake how good they are on, on a match of higher significance yeah. weird, weird place to call out I have to say like mm. if you're looking at people that failed yesterday weird weird players to sort of shout I mean Gallagher had two one-on-ones that he missed we don't really hear a lot of uh, well they actually Gallagher. rated Gallagher um, look it's not all about my mates but they were saying that Gallagher actually had a good game and they felt like Caicedo was shite but this but this is weird isn't it like when, you, when you're looking at players that made big mistakes like for example I can understand if you're going to slag off Enzo because Enzo had a moment where he he had the ball in the six yard box he decides to back hill when he could have easily laid it off and that was basically mm. I would say that was probably one of our best chances in the entire game mm. that Enzo fluffed his lines on so but who frustrated you the most? I think there were all of the chances that we missed like the players that missed their chances like Gallagher missing that that sitter like mm. uh, you know Sterling I, I saw some stats on Sterling he had like zero successful take-ons like zero successful um, shots on goal like very few passes like Sterling was anonymous mm. in the entire game Nkunku comes on doesn't look really that that good at all I feel like there's something happening with Nkunku uh, right where Chelsea fans were really had high expectations high hopes for him obviously he's come back from an injury so sometimes players they take a while to get off the ground but I don't think it's happening the way we expected it do you know what I think though like sometimes when I look at teams that are going through these injury crises right it's like the Newcastle against Arsenal game the other day you look at the starting 11 for Newcastle and you go it's not a bad starting 11 though is it what you don't realise is had they not been so hampered by injuries there's probably two, three guys in that starting 11 who would have been rested that day. They're only in there because they've got, you know, they've got no um, other options because there's so many injuries in that squad. So they're probably on the pitch at 40% or something like that. And if they had the luxury of more fit uh, players available for selection, maybe those guys wouldn't even be on the pitch. And I often think that about the Chelsea thing. I think when you look at Nkunku, part of me looks at Nkunku and thinks, you're still carrying a knock. You're not properly yeah, over that injury and you're coming back and you're playing with an injury. It was the exact same with Brower up front when we had him there before we shipped him out on loan. He was carrying a knock. And again, like I'm I'm very, very aware everyone will go, we spent a billion pounds. And do you know what? It is. It's, it's an indictment on us that we've spent that much money. We can't keep these boys fitting on the field. And you look at the 11 we filled, it should be good enough enough to win a game a game as cup final especially small small margins and if you look at the most historic wins right Bayern Munich completely outplayed us in 2012 you know Man City peppered our goal towards the end of the Champions League final on another day if key moments go in your way if Gallagher doesn't hit the post maybe if Enzo gets a shot off in the box on another day we don't look back at the runner play and we go we took our chance yeah. and we won the game. I think they call you bottle jobs, insinuates you played terribly. I didn't think that when I was watching the game. I, I didn't think that it was bad performance. But obviously the attention now turns to Pochettino. This was a real opportunity for him to like rescue a bit of faith from the fan base and prove to them in the big moments I can do it because that is a question that's been labelled at Pochettino in mm. finals and such. What's the feeling now about him from you guys? Like out of 10, how Poch in are you? It's, it's hard to have a lot of confidence in Pochettino at the minute when you're looking at the 
long term, you know. Look at him up against Pep, right? Pep's going to be here next season. Whether Klopp goes or stays, he's going to be here next season. Pochettino's got less than a 20% win rate in matches that he's come up against Pep. And you can go straight away, oh, well, Pep's always had the better team. Listen, Pochettino was Spurs manager. Anyone now looks at City, who are City's bogey team in the league? Spurs. Spurs. It's always Spurs. So less than a 20% win rate against him. He's now, he's now faced off against Klopp 14 times. He's got one win in those 14 games. Cup finals outside of PSG where they give him away, he's, he's never won a cup final hasn't reached all that many um, and then we're looking up at, at his job against the top managers in the league and okay we've had some spirited draws but ultimately we're not seeing anything this season to make me go right next season is coming good for you so he's not giving you a reason to want him to stay necessarily it's not that you're potch out yeah. you're not like I really want to see him next yeah. season in the in the dugout I'm in the, I'm in the, I'm in the middle ground here yeah. in terms of like I'm in that I'm in no man's land almost yeah. I'm like it's not giving me enough to make me go he's going to get things right something good's going to happen here but also because I am realistic in my outlook and I understand the process that we've been through with other managers since the Bowley ownership he's also not doing enough for me to go right get him out there's a better option this guy can come in and hit the ground running so it's no man's land isn't it it's not that massive we want him out but it's not that massive we want him to stay yeah he's got he's basically got about three or four games now to prove that he should be a Chelsea manager and what I mean by that is there's going to be so much pressure coming down from the fans from the pundits mm-hmm. from the media people are going to be looking at the next few games like if he loses against Leeds on Wednesday in the FA Cup we're out of two cups mm-hmm. in a week we're still in 11th place then the whole picture looks incredibly es- especially concerning. when teams are around you who don't have the level of quality in their squad outperforming you that's, yeah. that's where you can only look at the manager and go you're telling me that we don't have enough quality to be higher in the league than Wolves are what you know what I mean it's, mm. what do you know what well, you, I, I, I was watching it yesterday and, and a bit that really sort of stood out to me because I, I was thinking about you boys and I was like I wonder what way they're going to go because I've watched you walk in the studio before and go I'm done I want him out yeah. Joey I know you've kind of been in a similar position for a while where you're going it's not that I want him out it's just I don't I'm not attached to him at all. Yeah. I don't feel like he's developed the players. I don't feel like we're, we're, there's a style of play we're attached to. I was thinking about the conversation we had last week that we were talking to you about, Brian, when we were saying about Dan Ashworth leaving Newcastle and how you were sort of saying, well, you know what? I'm not really that arsed because you're, you've, you, like, if you're going to pick a horse in that between Ashworth and Eddie Howe, you're Eddie Howe. Mm-hmm. I watched the end of that um, of the cup final when uh, Poch is going up to get his, his, you know, his loser's medal, basically. And he doesn't shake hands with Bowley. Have you seen that clip? He, he does. He did, actually. <laughs> Okay, all right, sorry. <laughs> so I do, I do just do, want to do clarify, want to clarify that. this clip. Do I do want to clarify, clarify that. Clip. So uh, unfortunately, it was a left-handed shake. I, I think you need to really, <laughs> I think you need to really watch the clip. Right. It was a left-handed shake. Okay, and then he comes through. Can, and he, can, we, can we maybe say, just for the sake of argument, that there, there, there seemed to be a bit of a lack of warmth between Poch and Bowley, and I think, mate, and I'm saying this from the outside looking in. I look at your squad and I just go, this is a fucking mess. Like, I don't, like, there is talent in there. There's no doubt in there's talent in there. It doesn't seem to have been put together with anything in mind. We know they're doing that kind of money ball thing of trying mm. to get value where they can get it, get young players in their early 20s that you can maybe sell on one day. But there's no sort of coherent way of playing between those players. And I was thinking about you boys and I was like... Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I don't know which horse I would back if I was you. I don't know if I'd say to myself, you know what, Potch has got enough of a record at other clubs where I back Potch and really what I want is Potch to be given a window where he can buy his players and build a team in his image. Or would I say to myself, you know what, there's enough talent in that squad and we're not seeing enough come from it. Yeah. We talk, we talk about Enzo and Caicedo. This time last year, I, I watched Caicedo play at the Emirates and I thought it was one of the best midfield performances I'd ever seen. He was ridiculous. He was everywhere. And I was like, wherever he goes next, and we thought it was going to be Liverpool, I was like, he's going to be one of the best tackling defenders, like, in the, like midfielders in the league. Mm. Enzo, we watched him win a World Cup. We know how much talent he's got. It ain't happening. I mean, I, I know you're saying about the missed chances with Conor Gallagher yesterday. He was the best midfielder on the pitch for Chelsea for me yesterday, Conor Gallagher. And, and, and we know he nearly went in January. They, they were up for accepting an offer for him. So I, I guess I guess the question I'd have for you boys is like, where do you attach your hope with the club? Do, do you say to yourself, if, if they keep spending money like this, they will buy enough talent and it will come good and you just need the right coach to build it? Or do you say, get the fucking checkbook away from Bowley because he's nuts and allow a manager who knows what he's doing, I don't even know if that's mm. Potch, to build a squad in his image? <clears throat> there are there are isolated moments and they're very far and few between when it does happen for these players. Yeah. Like you were saying about Caicedo there. I have seen I have seen good Caicedo performances in an Enzo shirt. I've pro- in fact, he's, he's a good uh, in, in a Chelsea a shirt. So I've, I've actually probably, yeah, I've actually probably, and people will laugh at this, I've probably seen more good performances than bad performances with Caicedo in a Chelsea shirt, yeah? Right. But are they 100 million pound performances? That That's the sort of question we've got to level at that. Um, Enzo the same, like, you know, against Aston Villa, he played really well. I thought that the pair of them played really well against Man City, but it is a sort of reflection of where we're at that I'm sending a one-all draw. We're playing really well. So are they living up to the price tag? No. Do we carry on throwing more money at it and hoping to get things right? Again, I don't think we're able to do that. But when we speak about the Bowley problem here, I would say like... As Chelsea fans, it's very easy to go, well, you're not in the Roman era anymore. Forget Bowley, forget Roman, right? We're 11th in the league. We've got to a cup final, we've lost it. Seven seasons before uh, Roman Abramovich came into Chelsea. What's the lowest in the Premier League in those seven seasons we finished? Before Would you imagine? For seven years before Roman. So we got 10th, you'd imagine. Mm -hmm. I'd say lower than that, maybe 13th, 14th. 13th, 14th. I think 8th. 6th. Never finished below sixth in the seven years before. Before Roman Abramovich. How many trophies in those seven years before Roman Abramovich? One or two. Six. Six trophies in the in the seven years before Roman Abramovich as well. So what I'm saying is, listen, there's so many questions that have got to be asked of the ownership. But when I look at the job that Mauricio Pochettino is doing, right, forget the Bowley ownership, forget the Roman ownership, even going back before that, before Chelsea were a club with money, a season like this isn't acceptable. On Bowley though. He must be fucking thinking, Jesus Christ, because he clearly knows that he didn't have a fucking clue what he was doing in the transfer market. He must know I fucked that up to a degree. Mm. Then he's appointed multiple different managers. You know, in his mind, as a man who has no idea, we're trying to put himself in in his shoes because we do actually know what we're doing. Um, And he's actually, he's watching Pochettino, another manager, get another identical season 
as last season, mm-hmm. after changing so many players, changing the manager, he must be thinking, fuck, what have I done here? Because yeah. I've invested hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of millions into this club, bought this club for so much money, and I can't get anything to fucking work. Yeah. And I've changed everything I can think of. Mm. I've done everything I've been told to do now. I've given all the power over to the right people, and it's still shit. He must be panicking. Well, the profile of manager that you've appointed... That's, that's the initial thing straight away. You got rid of Tuchel. Forget Tuchel. Let's go from Potter. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Lampard, Pochettino. Stylistically, they're all different. But in terms of what they are, they're not managers that are going to speak up against the board. They're, they're managers that will work with what they've got and they won't give the board an ultimatum. They're not Conte. They're not Mourinho. They're not these type of managers. So I'm not saying that this would be the right approach. But if you're asking the question of what can I possibly change here, appoint one of those sort of managers. Is that I'm not saying I want that. It's a massive gamble. It's a massive gamble. When the chips are down, mate, and you're already on a losing streak, everything's a gamble. This is from... Because I, I hear what you're saying and I, I watched... It was interesting watch, watching those kids come on for Liverpool and, you know, I, I think some of them are so talented. Like, Conor Bradley's a fantastic player and yep. w- watching him run behind Raheem Sterling for so much of that game, for me, that just epitomised the difference in the two clubs. Yep. Like, a, a, a Liverpool Academy kid coming through and, you know, just, just fucking tearing through, being moved positions mid-games because they got an injury to Gravenberch, still fucking performed brilliantly. Whereas Raheem Sterling, 300 grand a week, he's not even 30 years old yet and to me, he looks like he's dreaming of the MLS. He looks mm-hmm. like he's cashed out. And I, I, if I know what you mean, I was, I was watching Klopp exactly what, what you were saying, Brian. Fucking urging those players mm-hmm. on, giving those young players an incredible environment to perform. Like, like coming in and going, you've got a direction, you've got experienced heads around you, you know what you're on that pitch to do, and that the young players thrived. Whereas at Chelsea, your players aren't that much older no. than the kids that came on for Liverpool, but they're on big contracts, they're under a manager who I don't think is playing to their strengths, and they look lost. And I was like, if I was the Chelsea ownership. Of course you're tempted to go, I need a personality like that in the dugout. I need like someone who's who's not just going to be a head coach, someone who's going to put their image on this club in the way that Klopp has at Liverpool, in the way that Pep has at City, in the way that Arteta has at Arsenal. But then the problem is, if you get a manager in like that, say a Mourinho or a Conte, and you start doing money ball in the transfer window, they're not going to fucking have it. The, the board, and, and they're going to point the finger up at you. The board can't deal with someone who isn't a yes man. They can't deal no. with that. They can't be emasculated in that way. They they see themselves as the biggest business owners in the world. They see themselves as coming in and ripping up the, the system and the and the club and running it basically as if you were doing it on Football Manager. Like that, basically doing that more. That, and the that, that is the thing. But what I'm saying is, is for people that are saying uh, Pot should potentially get sacked or for people saying that Jose is the man or bring Tuchel back 
back or Conte is the one that could, could bring us the, the best future. Bring all these old managers back that were challenging the board. That is the antithesis of what they want to do. They just want someone that's going to be there, that's going to coach the team, that's going to listen to the recruitment system. And in fact, they built their entire club around that system. They've gone, we are the, we are the guys in charge. Then we're going to have a sporting director. Then we're going to have recruitment analysts. And then we're going to have a manager. And it's almost, it almost is that way. You've, kind of advocated for that being a, a good way to run a club mm. and to be fair when we're talking about losing Dan Ashworth at Newcastle and stuff and if we look at Mikel Arteta he does seem to be thriving in a similar sort of system where it's cohesive and the feedback that he is giving is being listened to I don't know if they are listening to that feedback and um, personally it just feels inevitable that Poch is going to go now I, I think so I'll be shocked if he pulls this together now because there's just been so much stop start this season mm. where mm. have they turned a corner no have they turned a corner no and usually the first season can be a bumpy ride but this is not this bumpy this is what Joey was talking about earlier like every decision that you're going to make from now on is a gamble and what I'm concerned about and why I'm sort of more in the potch in camp at the moment is if we keep doing this sort of cycle of transition 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 and we don't know who the, the manager is going to be we don't know what players to buy because we don't know what system they're going to be playing in like <laughs> God forbid imagine if we brought uh, Tushel back now For I'm not saying this is going to happen but imagine if we did we'd be uh, going into the summer with a completely new transfer record question then based on the level of uncertainty that there is so you could give Poch another season but every fucking player knows if we get off to a bad start you're fucked yeah mm. there's that level of uncertainty is, would it be worth you guys going the opposite way and giving him backing him publicly going here we're giving him a longer contract he's the manager do you know like giving him a bit more uh, assurance I, I would like them to do that but I don't know if a lot of the fans would and, and also I think basically as I say I think he's got three to five games now to save his career and if he doesn't if he doesn't continue in the FA Cup and he doesn't immediately beat Brentford and Newcastle there will be so much pressure from the outside it won't even matter what the because, board wants because you know players when they know you've got like a couple of years on your deal here like my years are fucking some of them have got seven year six seven year contracts right so like it's very hard for you to feel like you've got more power than them the players aren't going anywhere so so when when Jacob earlier on was going where do you put blame where, you, where do you apportion blame in the entire ecosystem I 100% put the most blame on the board because they have made some several high profile mistakes up and down the pitch good, good. but but then also I think the recruitment guys have to take a bit of pressure and then Poch also does have to take a bit of pressure but then it, like for me it's all a sort of amalgamation of all those things if, it's, po- a, it's a combination player power is is you can never have a successful club like ever when the players feel more powerful than the manager mm. I don't I, I've never seen I don't that. think there's ever been an era in Chelsea Football Club where the players have less power than they do right now I they agree with kids. you mm. yeah like right, they know because this guy is fucked but they're yeah. part of the reason for yeah. that if you think about it there's only one real adult that knows loads about football at the club in a managerial position and that's Pochettino mm. so if you're going to sack him then you're basically saying it's another failure another year of transition probably even more than that and and there is a there is this ultimate thing where you could you could flip the coin and it could go the way you want it to go or it yeah. could be exactly the same as what it what it has been this season with a new manager I've heard a lot of people and, and again not necessarily saying this the way that I go I'd heard a lot of people saying that Potter would have done a better job if he'd been given the time to actually progress I, I think Potter would be doing a like for like sort of job on this squad Potter would have had uh, zero courage if it came to the board saying right we're going to go and bring in X, Y and Z and Potter would have just gone right okay yeah. that's what like, I mean they're hiring yes men we, they're hiring complete yes men and when you speak about yes men who was the most accomplished yes man on the market Pochettino 
He was. But to say that this is a Pochettino issue when there are chances being missed on the pitch and he set up the team in exactly the way that we would have set the team up, I probably wouldn't have started up with Sterling. But other than that, I would have set the team up in so exactly the same way. Well, yeah, but we missed chances, but we didn't play well. Let's be honest, we didn't play well. We've played Liverpool three times this season. The best performance we put in against Liverpool was on the opening day. And that was the first chance. The first chance he had in a in a Premier League match. And that was to before even. they got sort of going. That's yeah. before they got going. New midfield settling in. That was the best. Ch- the first chance that Pochettino even had. So it's almost a random roll of the dice mm. to put a starting eleven together. And that was probably the best performance we saw. So I don't see any progression in the performance. The one thing that. Um, so That's damning that, by the way. Yeah, no, yeah it's like, shit, I think you're, you're moving over that point. But when you say that out loud, the best performance we had in three goals at Liverpool this season was the first one where, in theory, we would be the most inexperienced with playing with each other, the most disjointed, and that was the best goal we had at it. Mm. And, yeah. and, and that's basically saying in six months, they've gone forwards, you've gone backwards. Yeah, and I think with, with young squads as well, with young personnel, they can often just buzz off of momentum, right? Mm-hmm. They haven't got the experience. When things aren't going well, it's very hard to turn a fight. But when you're on top, you know, it's, it's easy to keep that momentum going. And mm-hmm. people are laugh at this because they're thinking, hold on, is he actually reaching and going with pre-season? But we had a really good pre-season. You know what I mean? We I looked remember, good in pre-season. Yeah. Yeah, we Jackson were scoring goals. Like Jackson looked like <laughs> Drogba. We looked electric in Kunku playing well. Um, and then obviously we rolled in to that first game of the season there was a bit of a feel good factor sort of thing having the ability and the toughness and the strength of mind to be able to roll your sleeves up and persevere when things aren't going well for you is a character trait that we haven't really seen from this Chelsea side but the only and thing that's that from the manager isn't it, it put it, it in it, come, it comes from him but the only thing that I base this off and this is very hypothetical what could and could happen eventually in the future but when I look at success stories in the past Alex Ferguson you know he nearly lost his job at Man United there's a point when we look back at that and go God, imagine if you know imagine how different history would be if he had got sat then Arteta now I remember what was it 12 game run or something you won one game or something like that you know Arteta had the money in the bank right straight away because he had won that cup final but ultimately there were tough times there were tough times under Arteta and now things look like they're coming good and there's probably loads more managers that aren't coming to the forefront of my mind that have had those times early on when they've struggled so I'm banking or hoping really that one day hopefully in the not too far future we look back and we go cool when it could we stuck by with him in that first season when things were ropey because now things are looking a lot more rosy do i think that's going to happen <sighs> i can't really give you an answer not really sure based on what you just said about arteta he won the cup final yeah when his moment came mm. he galvanized his players and they performed on the day there, there was other things as well i should just say quickly a he was a club captain of ours mm. and that that's mm. one thing i don't mm. see with Poch. i know i know you boys have been fairly patient but there does there isn't that connection between the fan base and the club and him there's, Ar- there's an anti-connection he's connected to the spurs it's exactly. the complete opposite arteta also gutted us of players on big contracts who were, who were driving the club down Ozil, um the, he came he came with a pedigree Had the ability to do that though yeah Poch, well Poch hasn't got the ability to do that, has he? I don't know. I mean, and it, actually, it, if you look, sorry to interrupt you, maybe if you look recently, right? I'm not saying big contract, but brought in for big fees. Mudrick came on as a as a sub. What in was it extra time? By the yeah. time he came on, did nothing. Obviously, we don't expect him to do that much. But if you look there, Mudrick hasn't got off the bench in what four or five matches. <laughs> he hasn't been in a starting lineup for about eight matches. He's, he's that, fucked. That him. is Pochettino's yes man way of saying no. I'm done with that. Can, like, can right, we finish I'm not on Madrid? Gonna... Yeah. Because I'm... I'm finished on Madrid. No. <laughs> 
no, obviously, like Josh in particular had high hopes for him, and there was some reason for that. Like, obviously, before he came, he was explosive, it was impressive, and it just seems to be getting worse and worse by the week. And now you're sitting there going, he's not even bothering with him anymore. He's mm. he's clearly done. Are, are you guys done? Is that is that him done at the club in your head? Uh, I mean, you'll have a different answer on on this to I or to me but I don't think that Mudrick's necessarily done do I want to see him anywhere near a starting lineup at the moment no no I think we've got a better option even, even with I, Sterling do, do even, you, 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 wouldn't take, you wouldn't take Sterling out for Mudrick because I know you boys I mean no I wouldn't I, 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 no, I would. no you would I, yeah. wouldn't, I wouldn't take Sterling out for Mudrick I don't think Sterling's great either but it's best of a bad bunch isn't it so I, I think that the main thing I would like to see for Mikhailo Mudrick is alone and it sounded crazy now it sounds a bit more justified but that's as what time I'm saying though on. if Potcher's in a state of mind where he's barely playing a guy who got so much money spent on him mm. do, do you do you just see it fizzling out now if Poch stays the only option for me right now is a loan or potentially start a next season let's sort of see this season Mudrick does nothing the the ultimate nail in the coffin for Mudrick was a couple of people so Lampard being one and there have been some leaks coming out recently have said a very clear quote about Mudrick is that he doesn't have a footballing brain and if <laughs> do you know the first player who came to my head Miggy Almiron mm-hmm. is he is he Miggy Almiron well that's what people are saying yeah. so so nah, if, if Frank that's, Lamp- that's harsh on Almiron yeah. <laughs> be better than Mudrick if, if Frank Lampard club legend at Chelsea and then the, the current coach of the of the team is leaking out information or it seems to be they're, they're saying that they don't see him as a footballer that tells you everything you need to know about Mudrick's future 